what if I were to greet you to start off the show? And welcome to the 22nd ever episode of Any Ideas, uh, the podcast about coming up with a podcast, and the first ever episode of the What If Machine, the podcast that ponders all the what-ifs in life. I'm Mitch Kreitzman, alongside my co-host Jordan Kreitzman, and uh, Jordan, we're back to doing another new pilot. You, you excited for this one? Yeah, Mitch, and I'd, uh, I'd like for you to greet me right now, if you don't Jordan, mind. Jordan, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hey. How is it going? Oh, Fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Oh, we should start every podcast this way. <laughs> is this a podcast? <laughs> I, I don't know at this point. <laughs> now, for those that may not remember the pilot that we're doing this week, it's it's really simple. Um, you know, oftentimes with those famous what ifs throughout history, pop culture, what have you, it kind of just sort of goes like, oh, what if that thing happened? Oh, yeah, that'd be crazy. And then they kind of just move on. Um, but we don't like to do that. We like to really linger on things. <laughs> we we refuse to ever move on. Um, and so basically this podcast is going to be Jordan and I each present to each other a what-if scenario from maybe it's history, maybe it's pop culture, maybe it's our own lives. Who knows? Um, we know. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> um, we present them to each other and discuss each of us in detail how we think that would have changed the world. Um, so, like I said, pretty simple. Um, I'll start with mine, Jordan, and I, I think it's one of the, I think it's a classic pop culture what if. Something a lot of people have sure wondered about from the world of music. Jordan, I would appreciate it if you didn't interrupt me <laughs> with your germs. Um I realize we're on Skype, but these coughs are a little much at this point. Yeah, I apologize to the audience. I just got a weird tickle in my throat all of a sudden. Couldn't stop. Uh, I'm good to go, Mitch. What's your uh, what's your grand what if? Jordan, what if Kurt Cobain was still alive today? Okay. So it's not just what if he didn't commit suicide allegedly <laughs> in the early 90s it's now, what if he were still alive today if we spend even a little bit of time on it it's going to become the whole topic but this is one of my few conspiracy theories that i believe that yeah that courtney love i think put out a hit on kurt cobain <laughs> so what if she didn't i get you <laughs> yeah so what if that yeah so not just what if he hadn't died in 1994 what if he were still alive today okay that's kind of what I want to discuss. Now, a couple of points that I think, in my opinion, how things would have gone. I think Nirvana definitely would have broken up within a few years of that happening anyway. Uh, Why do you say that? The band was pretty regularly on the brink just because of how Kurt Cobain was as a person when he was alive. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I think the other two guys would have just gotten tired of it. Sure. Um, now, that said, you're probably getting one, maybe two more Nirvana albums, which, that alone, great contribution. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the path that Kurt Cobain was on, they may not have necessarily been good. <laughs> well, the other thing too, Mitch, is you may gain one or two Nirvana albums, but don't you lose one or two Foo Fighter albums? <laughs> That's the thing. You might lose Foo Fighters entirely. Yeah, you might. Uh, I don't think I, think I want to live in that world. I think, 
I think Nirvana being cut short has so much to do with why Dave Grohl even did Foo Fighters in the first place. Because Foo Fighters came out, the first album came out the year after Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. And Dave Grohl did every single instrument himself. I think if Nirvana had lasted maybe another five years, Dave Grohl might have gotten pretty burnt out from music and maybe would have, you know, taken a bunch of time off. And what I wonder is if he still would have done the whole Foo Fighters thing. Yeah. Meaning. Well, Mitch, I think to answer this, we really have to start from the beginning here. We really have to flesh. I don't think we necessarily need to go year by year chronologically. How does how does the world go down? But I think we, right. we at least need to start with, okay, Kurt Cobain doesn't commit suicide allegedly <laughs> right that's but 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 here's the thing does so we're simply saying so we're not saying he somehow survives it we're saying no we're saying it just doesn't happen. nothing happens does he right. is he continuing to go down this heroin path because mitch i don't know if you recall he was on the brink of dying anyway <laughs> well that's very true um yeah, so I guess that's the most likely scenario, is that rather than killing himself, he overdoses. I guess that's really the most. <laughs> that's really the Occam's razor here. Probably, it's not interesting to talk so about, but... It's not, but probably the most likely scenario is Kurt Cobain dies six months later to a heroin overdose, and Foo Fighters comes out six months later. <laughs> I I do think it would be something along those lines, And honestly, yes. my biggest fear is if everything shifted six months, do we miss the Foo Fighters concert in Milwaukee? <laughs> In that's true 2012 was <laughs> but jordan here's what here's what you're missing is that the what if is what if kurt cobain was still alive today right okay i keep forgetting that i keep thinking what if this one event just didn't happen so what if what if let's just say well this is kind of the thing with the what if you kind of have to place your own scenarios into it so if we say just as an example he kind of takes a keith richards route he manages to do drugs all these years and just kind of survive. And no one really knows how he does it. But I don't know if that's... Well, yeah, but I feel like Keith Richards isn't taking heroin, right? I mean... Well, no. I feel like the way it has to go down is Kurt Cobain almost dies six months later to a heroin overdose. Goes clean? Goes clean. Mitch finds God in the process. Wow. He's doing gospel music in the late 90s. I'm not sure mm. if he's still with Nirvana or not, but he is saved by heroin addiction for from uh, religion. Well, so let's kind of let's kind of make this the diverging path. Either he almost ODs, goes clean. That's one path. Yes. Other path, he kind of just continues to do drugs and survives. Yes. Okay. That's the other divergent path. Okay, so let's so talk about your path first. He goes clean. Okay. So we've got, it's like back to the future too. We've got 1985 alternate timeline and we've got original 1985. <laughs> well, technically we have original timeline where he, he dies and then these are two alternate. Okay. Timelines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway, let's just hope Biff um, isn't in charge of either one. <laughs> so the alternate timeline where he goes clean, like you say, I would imagine this is kind of a scenario where he looks back on his career and realizes, you know, how horrible that stuff was to his, you know, new religion mm -hmm. and basically denounces it saying, I wish it had never happened. I'm done with it. That's pretty much right away. Yeah, that's at first. So he's so I, I seriously think it's probably like six months to a heroin overdose. Like he was really on the brink there. 
He overcomes it, finds God. He's, he does what you say. He's like, oh, man, everything I said about, like, God is gay, <laughs> that, was, that wasn't the best. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean. <laughs> I just said does, that to anger people. <laughs> do, we, do we have someone who's had an arc like that? Well, okay, the, the artist that came to my mind, even though it's not the same, but I think ultimately would play out the same for Kirk Cobain is Bob Dylan. Okay. Bob Dylan briefly found religion, kind of had two or three albums on Christianity, and then just kind of stopped. I feel like so that's what in, Kurt Cobain would do. So in your mind, this is Kurt Cobain goes clean, denounces his old music, starts making gospel albums. Do we think those are good? Do we think people like them? I... No, I think generally, I agree. People do I not think, like this. I don't. Again, look, as I'm horrible not, is he with Nirvana thing, or not at this point? As horrible of a thing as it is to say, oftentimes drugs make music better. It's just <laughs> how it is. I don't. I don't like it that that's true, but oftentimes it's true. Um, and that mostly applies to songwriting, not performing. Performing it usually makes it worse. Yeah. Uh, but so here's. That that's the thing. If he goes fully clean and starts making gospel albums, I can't picture that being particularly interesting. Yeah, especially um, if it gets really um like uh what do you call it? Like real uh traditional music. <laughs> yes. He tries to correct himself. He he's no longer saying God is gay, he's saying weird things like God goes to conversion therapy. <laughs> 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 everyone's like, What? <laughs> now that's where things get interesting because if we look at if we look at the way Nirvana went in our actual timeline, Dave Grohl a year later created an album as Foo Fighters. He did it because he didn't want the album to gain merit off of him being the drummer from Nirvana. Right. That was the whole reason behind Foo Fighters. It was all anonymous. Okay. Chris Novoselic pretty much just leaves music becomes a local politician, rests on his laurels. Right. In this alternate timeline, how do we see their lives playing out in the in this like five years we're talking about? Well that's about. the question I've been asking, right? Like so they're so Kirk Cobain is doing these are solo records. Right. right we think so uh, of course. They kind of just can't follow what he's doing and they, they go their own ways. So I feel like Novoselic's career is basically the same. I don't know. I don't see much of a difference for him, personally. I don't know. Do you disagree? Um, I don't know. That's hard to say. I think, it, it just in my own opinion, I think Grohl and Novoselic try to replace Kurt Cobain. Maybe they're not under the name Nirvana, but I think they still have a band with a different singer and do sort of an audio slave thing. Okay. Because I think, I think Kurt Cobain dying was basically them. Like the routes that they took were kind of because of how they handled that grief and that loss. Like okay. Dave Grohl kind of just had to keep making music. That was his coping mechanism. Nova Selleck just, okay. So he wouldn't have quit music. Had, okay. I don't think he would have quit yeah, music. I, I, I think. Yeah. I, I, I agree a hundred percent now. Yeah. I, so, but that's that's the other difficult thing, though, is that usually these bands dissolve because 
someone's insufferable or creative differences, which I guess is what this is. But I feel like Kurt Cobain, probably during this time, he turns into a super nice guy. <laughs> right. And, uh, and yeah, there's no, there's no hard feelings. It's just that they knew he didn't want to do it anymore, but they wanted to keep going, basically. Sure. Now, sure. in this scenario, who is Nirvana's Sammy Hagar? Yeah, no, this this is interesting because I I'm really trying to think of maybe someone I've, like I, Eddie Vedder I think I, drops that approach. I think I know it. Who is it? Alanis Morissette. Alanis, really? She had a big solo career at the time, much like Sammy Hagar did. Yeah, that's true. And I think her musical style fit. I think I think it could have been someone like an Alanis Morissette. Because you got to think about someone who, at the time, had a solo career, wasn't in an existing band. That's true, and I could see them going like a different route. Like, uh, uh, it's like uh, going to female singers. Interesting, I guess. It's like when did Garbage come? That was about the same time Garbage came out, right? Yeah, similar time. Yeah, so they'd be kind of competing with that. that yeah, style. I could definitely see that. I could definitely see them making something a little different, she which was, is yeah. fun. I mean, she was kind of grungy and kind of a and weird I think, way but and i think this would have led to nirvana going on longer than it needed to okay so they're still considered nirvana they're still considered nirvana because kurt cobain has no hard feelings he just wants to move on he doesn't have an issue with them continuing to be nirvana right because he's he wants to disassociate himself from this band right um their paths are sort of running parallel here for let's say 10 years. So we're, we come to 2005, let's say. Well, Mitch, it's been 10 years since well, Kurt Cobain left Nirvana. Yeah. He's been making bad gospel music. He decides to go back on that. We get a Nirvana or Nirvana reunion. And no one actually wants it. It's not good. <laughs> At least this is how I see it going in my head. Okay, so Kurt Cobain has now renounced his Christianity. He's reminiscing on the good old days. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he decides he wants to go back to the life that got him to where he was originally. Okay, yeah. Um, and in, and then, you know, say around that same time, Alanis Morissette wants to go back to her solo work do stuff that she finds more fulfilling. Mitch, is there um, any concern that Alanis Morissette um, puts, um, it, basically what I'm getting to is, um, I have a fear that over the last 10 years, Chris Novoselic sorry, and Dave Grohl have now a weird hatred of Dave Coulier. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, does that does that affect do them? Do you think this changes Full House at all? <laughs> I, I don't know. Perhaps? I mean, because they, I, you know, I could see them kind of going up for the MTV Music Awards, making jokes about cut it out and being real sarcastic. Does that unnecessarily deflate Dave Coulier in unnecessary degree? In my opinion, it probably just makes Nirvana less cool for acknowledging it. Okay, so. That's definitely a detail we shouldn't leave out then, right? I mean, Nirvana's less cool now. That's a big deal. See, 
I, I think this is one of those things that was inevitable that Nirvana would get less cool if they had if they had stuck around. Look at Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is still cool, but is Pearl Jam as cool as they were in 1994? Of course not. Well, no, because music trends are changing. I get that. So, so it was so inevitable to, anyway. Whether We get to yeah. 2005. Music is so different than it was when Nirvana originally broke up. Sure. And they decided to do a reunion album and tour. They've already become a legacy act, and people just aren't that interested in it. Well, so they're not old enough to be an interesting legacy act. Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. It hasn't been long enough that people are just dying to see this band back together, but it's also just not really, it doesn't have any energy to it also at the same time. No. Because it's, it's just Kurt Cobain trying to find his glory days. Um, then from here, where I think it goes, they see this reception and decide, Nirvana never should have lasted this long. We need to count our losses and and move on. Now, here is where I think we finally get Nova Selleck leaving music and Dave Grohl doing Foo Fighters. I think we get Nova Selleck saying, I had my days in the sun, and it's it's over for me. I'm not interested anymore. Right. We get Dave Grohl finally doing his passion project, being more... Um, you know, calling more upon classic rock, less upon punk, being a being the Dave Grohl we know today. Then we get Kurt Cobain, who had all these years of doing this weird gospel music, comes back to the music he, you know, helped popularize and become so big in, and he doesn't find that fulfillment of it anymore because it's not what people want. He mm. thinks to himself, well, when I made Bleach, no one really cared about it. No one wanted it then, but people fe- came to like it. So what's going to be my next Bleach? Kurt Cobain goes solo, now making very odd avant-garde music. Just becoming more so <laughs> more so leaning into that weirder side of himself. And then he immediately becomes a critical darling. I mean, look at look at John Lennon's solo. He did. He went out there and did what he wanted to do, and was praised for it. Well, it was good for a while, and then I feel like people it, like the first two albums were good, and then <laughs> people didn't care. Maybe that's what happens here. And I think I think Kurt Cobain from you know 2006 to modern day, we see him get those first few albums be critically acclaimed, and then he sort of becomes a David Bowie figure where anytime he puts something out, people don't care all that much because he's a legacy act at this point, but they also know that he's capable of creative genius and it's probably a good album. Right. I think that's the route that we see Kurt Cobain ultimately take well, in this scenario. Mitch, one thing we never mentioned was Courtney Love. Does he stay with Courtney Love or does oh, he leave her? He absolutely leaves Courtney Leaves Love. her when he finds Christianity. Absolutely. And so, um, I mean, maybe so, that's just the end of that. I think so. I yeah. think she just kind of goes back to, you know, being in whole and all that. And then, you know, a lot of her legacy is lost because, you know, she doesn't have 20 years of interviews about Kurt Cobain ahead of her anymore. Yes, yeah, so we don't have to <laughs> We don't have listen to listen to her, her talk anymore. about it. Um, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps up that alternate timeline. Sure. Where that goes. Yeah. Now... The more that we've talked about it, the more I realize if we get a Kurt Cobain that lives but doesn't 
go clean, just continues to do drugs and somehow lives through that. Yeah. I think we get a similar timeline, just a bit quicker. So we get we get a like maybe two or three more Nirvana albums where there's just increased tension and you know they're the, the biggest band in the world up until like 2000. In 2000, you see the ultimate demise of the group. This is where rather than doing the gospel music, Kurt Cobain goes straight to the avant-garde route. And then we see him in that, you know, for like 20 years. Maybe every once in a while he has a bigger renaissance. Some of his albums maybe no one cares about, etc. I think we still maybe see Maybe in the scenario we see Chris Novoselic be a founding member of Foo Fighters with Dave Grohl, because I think maybe they still want to keep playing music, but at this point Nirvana's been the biggest band in the world for so long that they kind of have to be anonymous if they want it to not be seen that way. Well, Mitch, so before we, before we go too far down this path, I tend to have a different opinion on this timeline, because I feel like... Yes, maybe he does go down the Keith Richards route, but it being heroin and something pretty deadly, I think he actually goes more the Eddie Van Halen route. And mm. what I mean by that is he, as he takes more and more drugs, he just becomes more and more irritable. People can't stand to be around him while he's under his live music, suffering more and more. He's writing stale. He's not doing anything unique because the drugs are overtaking it. And uh, he gets to a point where his daughter, um, whatever her name is, Frances Farmer. Frances Bean? (laughs) Frances Bean. (laughs) Frances Bean, they do music together. Mm. And he ultimately gets himself out of this drug addiction once and for all, reunites with Nirvana, and... You know, they make a couple of decent albums later as a legacy act. You know what? I think that's actually a really, I think that's it. It's a redemption story too, I think. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Um, So I think that's pretty much it right there. You, other than, again, what happens with Courtney Love in this case. I think Courtney Love, she leaves Kurt ultimately due to the drug addiction she finds someone else eventually we find that that person has committed suicide allegedly Hmm, okay so basically what i'm saying is courtney love murders her next husband (laughs) yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair (laughs) i think that's the way it goes well jordan i think that wraps up my what if i gotta say that was a lot of fun to talk about that was good i'm really i'm really glad that we took the time to hash it out now, what's your what if? Okay, Mitch, so I have a pretty different one that okay. you might think is a little hard to discuss at first, but I think it has larger reaching implications for uh, e- economical differences, society oh, differences, boy. political Where differences. On earth is this going? Mitch, I want to do, I want to use the old what if machine on if the Jamaican bobsled team did, in fact, actually win the 1988 <laughs> Winter Olympics. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Some people say, you know, them can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. <laughs> hmm. I, it's tough okay. at first, but it'll start to make sense. So I, I, 
so, so in my I, mind, yeah, I want to I hear some of your theories first. I don't have a whole lot of theories, but in my, but I have kind of what I was thinking for this is that, in my personal opinion, I, I think this could go a lot of different ways. So as we know, um, this team came from Jamaican sprinters, mm-hmm. formed a decent team through the help of their white savior, John Candy, of, of course. <laughs> as any good sports movie is. <laughs> and, and they ultimately come actually very close to winning a medal, but then they fall at the end. It causes a big dramatic scene. They carry it through the finish line. I don't know if this actually happened. Let's say for the sake of the argument, it did. <laughs> so they compete a little bit after. They may even still compete today, but I don't think they're really competitive. So bobsledding's not really what Jamaica does. Now what sure. I'm theorizing is by them winning the 1988 Winter Olympics, they go all in on bobsledding. <laughs> Interesting. All in okay. on bobsledding. Now, this could have a dramatic effect on both the society and economics of Jamaica as we know it. <laughs> now, yeah. that's interesting. Yes. Because, you know, they're if they start centering a lot of their economy around maybe bobsledding based tourism maybe that and not only that but winter sports in general so yeah bob bobsled you start tourism. getting these giant winter sports complexes built around jamaica yeah which definitely changes their tourism i mean like crazy um, yeah to like a weird degree because no one wants to go down to jamaica to ski or bobsled <laughs> right <laughs> so, so what I how I see this going is short term huge success, long term it cripples their economy. <laughs> no, the, I think the, I I agree wholeheartedly. So I'll, I'll take a step back. So they win the Olympics. Five years later, the movie is still made, but it's just not as good. <laughs> because well, right you're not the, the story's just not as interesting yeah they don't way. make them a bunch of like underdogs like uh jamaica has its influence and they're like all these big you know they're all straight-faced people who are always champions and then like they don't do the walk-off at the end they just kind of win that's do not we fun. uh <laughs> is john candy instead played by uh, a young chris farley perhaps <laughs> Yeah, they're upgrading everything, Mitch. It's really maybe it's a, not maybe fair. a Dom Deloise. <laughs> Was Dom Deloise still alive at that point? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, maybe they're even upgrading the actors. But I uh, can't. Uh... No, Will Smith wasn't big yet. Ninety three movie. Just wise. for the record, I don't necessarily know if John Candy to Chris Farley is an upgrade. It's just different. It's just it's I just, just want, different. I just want to say it's that. different and younger. And like they're both they're both great. Yeah, they do very different things though. How John Candy's better though? I have to I have to say as as an actor of <laughs> yes, as a comedian, I think Chris Farley's better. Well, I mean, John Candy was an improv master. I don't know a lot of people know this about him. Most of the stuff he did in film was just off the cuff. Yeah, that's true. It was guy was, it a was second, more of a second city. It was yeah. more of a it was more of a smooth talker type versus just pure energy. Yeah, Farley is pure energy 100% but he's he's more he's more gag like but like and bit like yeah physical bits but yeah they're both different but anyway now here here's an interesting one for future use 
What if Chris Farley is still alive today? Do we see Adam Sandler nearly as famous? I don't think so, personally. That will be a good one to do another episode. I like that idea. So, <laughs> so there you go. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But let's continue to talk about Jamaica winning the 1988 <laughs> Winter Olympics. Yes, let's um, do this a lot. So, okay, right? So the movie comes out, and it's not as good. Okay, so I would almost say they're not as big in the pop culture. Because they're, no, just, they're just another team winning the bobsled team, a, t- a sport that not a lot of people care about. Right. We don't, you know, we we just don't have all the good bits from the movie. It was, you know, influenced by up people like uh, Jamaican government wanting them to look good and say we're champions. <laughs> now, uh, in your eyes, do you see this manifesting to their investment paying off and them dominating the Winter Olympics as a whole? No, I see them. So, okay, so this is a good point. So for my timeline to work, and it kind of makes sense, they're so ecstatic about winning the gold medal, they make the movie earlier. Yeah, Before I would agree with that. the 92 Winter Olympics. So they make it early. Everyone in Jamaica is psyched. They are going all in on this Jamaican bobsledding team. They go to the Olympics. Turns out it was kind of just really a uh, just kind of the one of those I'm not gonna say one in a million but it was just really like a magical thing that happened and they they don't even get close to a medal in the 92 Winter Olympics like they're kind of, they're embarrassed you know it turns out the four original guys were kind of just that they, they were magic on the ice Mitch <laughs> sure there there was something to them that was lightning in a bottle that it turns out they were never able to recapture yes and we we figured out lightning can run on ice but um but these four guys can't (laughs) so sure so so they lose this winter olympics during the four years as i said they have gone all in winter sports complex is everywhere they have actually put in less money towards beach tourism (laughs) so (laughs) hoping people are going to go to their complexes <laughs> and they're now museum <laughs> of their their grand uh, one year history of Jamaican bobsledding, and uh, so they're sunk, you know, because they're you know sandals looks like crap because they're not upkeeping it. And <laughs> right, yeah, and that's so that sounds like a big they've mess. They lost to me. the ninety two Winter Olympics. They're embarrassed. They're laughed at. I mean, what happens there then, Mitch? Because now I, I they, as you said, I think their economy is crippling because they they've gone all in on a failed effort (laughs) well right so then i mean what are we what are we looking at here you know i mean we get this country full of these really nice winter sports complexes and then you leave the complex and it's complete you know third world just a disaster um because they aren't making any money mitch i'm gonna suggest something that is straight bonkers (laughs) All right. Again, disgraced. It's nineteen ninety two. They're so embarrassed. Yeah. The island is just chock full of winter sports complexes. <laughs> Giant ski Again, slopes. just a lot of winter sports <laughs> complexes. The government is so embarrassed by the whole thing, they decide to do the whole the old uh abandon the island trick. <laughs> That's right. You yeah, heard me. That old the, trick. The Jamaican government abandons the island. 
they are so disgraced. Just everything looks like garbage. There's like our economy's crippled. There's no way we can just demolish these hundreds of sports complexes and rebuild our sandals. <laughs> we don't have the money. Let's sure. start somewhere fresh. Where so, do they go? Uh, they go... Well, they missed out on the whole issue with Cuba, so they go to Cuba realize that's not going to work. <laughs> sure. They first start at Cuba realizing that that was a mistake. But I think ultimately they settle on one of those... Okay, so here, so the sad reality is the Jamaican government says, we're leaving. There's a lot of people on that island that cannot afford to leave the island. So now we've got a really sad scenario. The Jamaican government has abandoned people on an island. Now, do you see America taking these people in perhaps as refugees? The ones that weren't able to leave. I see it being an unfortunate political issue. (laughs) Sure. Now I see America being like, we need to bring people in here and other people being like, no, that's dumb. Here's why I say that. Ultimately, if this is the scenario that happens, there's one major pop culture element to Jamaica that we need to figure out that happened since those 1988 Winter Olympics. Okay. And it's Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt from Jamaica, the world's fastest man, right. has broken all these records, won all these medals. Yeah. What happens to Usain Bolt? How old Does is he? How continue? old is Usain Bolt? I mean, he absolutely would have been alive at this point. So is he a small he's older kid? Than, I would imagine he's young. Definitely. Okay. So now, there's a couple of routes Usain Bolt could go here. Realistically, if he's already interested. in in being a track star at this point in time, he holds on to that dream. Maybe he doesn't make it off the island. It becomes an American refugee, then starts repping America in the Olympics. All these records and, and gold medals go to the United States. Yes. I think that's one possible route we're looking at I here. think it's definitely a possibility. Another route, if he's young and impressionable enough when this all takes place, we see him become a speed skater. <laughs> beats Apollo Anton Ono for all these records. Yeah, he could be the one that um that that's actually a good point and I think this goes to one of two scenarios. One, his family is too poor to leave the island, so he is forced to stay on the abandoned Jamaica. Now, it's a scary place, I have to say. It's sad, but the government has abandoned them. It's a lawless land. Right. A lot of drugs, a lot of violence. Are you implying Usain Bolt gets murdered in cold blood? No, no, no. I'm not saying that's really <laughs> that sad. What I'm suggesting is, in order for people to escape reality on that island, they are still using those abandoned winter sports complexes. And Usain Bolt, mm. as you said, becomes the greatest speed skater of all time. He survives the odds. He survives the violence. People take notice. He gets able to get sent over to America, high school age, 15, 16. And there he wins all the gold medals for America. (laughs) And then Jamaica, at this point probably off the coast of Mexico maybe, wants him back. And he says no. Yes. Jamaica's last chance at becoming a great country again (laughs) gets plummeted because their potential big star in the making 
says, you you disowned me, and I'm not coming back for you. Yeah, so I like to imagine, I guess, Jamaica, they found one of those uninhabited islands <laughs> in the Caribbean. Um, sure. But it's not terribly big, but like you said, a lot of people were abandoned, so basically that is a a very upper-middle-class type of Jamaica that basically, it's not the Jamaica we know today, certainly, because it's... Do we... Do we think we get another feel-good sports movie about Usain Bolt if this is his arc? Except it's not funny, really. It's very serious. Yeah, we get more of a we get more of a dramatic touch to the film. It, it's to not me, fun. That, There's no Sanka. To me, that's an Oscar winner right there. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, but how does the story end? Like you say, does he he just tells Jamaica no? I think he tell I think that's how the story ends. He gets his comeuppance on the country of Jamaica for abandoning him. Um But I feel like America doesn't deserve him either because they wouldn't bring him over when he was a young kid. <laughs> that too. <laughs> perhaps this ends with um <laughs> perhaps along the way in the Olympics he makes good friends with all of these Nordic people and decides to move to Denmark. And because, you know, Denmark's like the, statistically the happiest right. country in the world. Or or better yet, Mitch, um, I think you said, you said Mexico. So perhaps this abandoned Jamaica, for some reason, Mexico decides to just take over the land and call it Mexico. Mm. We, um, America brings them over. He comes over to America. America thinks he's fighting on their side. At the very end of the film, he kind of rips off his uh, his jump, his uh, you know, his tracksuit, all in Mexican <laughs> gear. Sure. <laughs> on this the is ice. how I would see it. We going, have become to realize fairness. he is skating for Mexico because <laughs> they are the only one that took them when he had nothing. <laughs> now, what if? You know, he has this insanely inspiring story, makes all of this money off of endorsements and the film and et cetera, that he goes back to the old abandoned Jamaica and decides to rebuild it from scratch. Okay. And it's new Jamaica. Okay. So currently it's new New Mexico, right? Because. (laughs) Right. Okay. But so he's made so much money from advertisements and just winning off speed skating. He buys the land from Mexico and calls right. it New Jamaica. Okay. And that's that's where we ultimately get a sequel about his new arc as a politician and trying to navigate that world. And Mitch, Mitch, the very, very end of the movie, he becomes a politician. His first major act as president builds a giant winter sports complex right in the center. <laughs> I thought you were going to say legalize weed. I was like, well, that I mean, that would be a Jamaican thing. You, you nailed it. Um, yeah, he, he just makes the exact same mistakes. <laughs> you know, Jordan, I got to say, I think that is the most reasonable route that Jamaica would take. Mitch, I don't see it I think going that any really other makes way. the most sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't see any other possible route no. that that could have gone. No. I, I think that's pretty much it. I'm sure there's a lot of people in Jamaica that think every day 
boy, this country would be real something if we won the 1988 Winter Olympics. I got to tell you, fellow Jamaicans, I think it would have gone south on you. (laughs) Well, it depends. If they were Jamaicans with a lot of money, they still would have been fine. That's true. They would have gone to the uh, upper middle class Jamaica and probably all lived on beach resorts. So that's true. (laughs) Now, Jordan, I got to say, had a great time with this. I think this was a lot of fun. I like this. Um, Yeah. I, I... it, this is another one to me that feels, you know, feels good, feels sustainable, feels like a fun podcast idea. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll be seeing some polls here in the upcoming weeks of how everything is going. Um, so on that note, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe uh, and tell your friends about us. Uh, you know, someone out there who loves Jamaica and winter sports, uh, please send them over our way. Uh, we are at Any Ideas Podcast on Twitter, Any Ideas on Facebook, and The Any Ideas Podcast, or excuse me, The Any Ideas Pod at gmail.com. Um, our theme this week is What If We Gave It Away by R.E.M. from the album Life's Rich Pageant. Uh, great album. You got to go check that one out if you haven't already. Uh, and until next week, what if you listen to this podcast some more? <laughs> <laughs>